Today at SCC, the crew go over five ways to bring value to the sports card community. Will you agree or disagree with the suggestions? Let's find out right now on SCC Sports Card Culture. Welcome to episode 22 of Sports Cards Culture. I'm Chris, Chris underscore HOJ on Instagram, here with Nick, Stiff Arm Wax, Christina at Christina's PC, and Josh at Cardboard underscore Chronicles on Instagram. So today's topic is how to bring value to the sports card community. And it's a good time to start thinking about this topic. Is it not, Christina? It is. We are beginning to gather in person at shows once more. And for many cards, the market has taken a step back or it has taken several steps back from the boom of just a few months ago. For example, what's the name of the card ladder index, Christina? CL50. Correct. Which can be viewed, that index can be viewed at cardladder.com. It peaked at 30,253 points on March 6th. It is now 24,856 meaning it has declined, the CL50 has declined by nearly 18% over the last two months. So while we already see plenty of each other virtually on social media, soon we will be seeing a lot more of each other physically, just like you and I every day, and it will be happening during a down market. And as humans, we naturally are going to get on each other's nerves from time to time, a tendency that is likely to be exacerbated under the current conditions so what better time than now to flip the script and think about ways that we can make positive contributions to the sports card community so while doing a little research for this episode i happened upon an article called 10 ways to bring value to others in your community on the blog for the west virginia community development hub and this website's about us page notes that they have developed a model for community development so while this is a pretty unusual source, I found his contents to be concise and insightful. All right. Wait, 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 wait. wait. How did you find this? Well, I don't want to give away all the tricks of the trade, right? So uh, <laughs> maybe I Googled how to add value to a community. I don't know. <laughs> I will take us through five of the ways that this blog identifies to bring value. And let's see if we can apply them directly to the sports card community. So the first one is... Take interest in other people's passion as much as you want them to be interested in yours. We all have ideas for how life should be, yet unless we are unsurpassed geniuses, we only see a small part of the picture. Asking others what they see can only enhance understanding. That's all from the blog, all right? So it's take interest in other people's passion. All right, so let me bring in Josh first. Josh, how can we apply this to the sports card community, this concept of taking an interest in other people's passion as much as we want them to be interested in our own? Asking people about their collections, cards they like, why they like them. I feel like, you know, not to toot my own horn, but that's kind of the basis of my my channel, my, you know, YouTube content is like asking people what they like. And generally in the collector space other people really like to talk about themselves especially their own collections their own passions so it's this is a very easy thing to do if you want to hear from other people and hear about what what they're up to and why they collect it's you just ask why and how and what do you collect and i promise you that other person will will just start talking and they'll talk for a long time and i think it's great i think uh this has always been one of my biggest pet peeves in you know normal society not just the hobby is that people are just very quick to 
you know, react and say what they want to say and almost like don't even listen to what you have to say. They just have their quip ready to go. And I think that happens a lot in sports cards as well in our community. So I think this is just a good reminder to, you know, remind yourself that there's other people in this hobby and it's not just you and your cards. So now, Christina, there's a spirit of reciprocity in this maxim. Take interest in other people's passion as much as you want them to be interested in yours. Mm -hmm. So Josh gave the uh, the hobby example for literally a, a whole content catalog that is asking other people to talk about their collections. But it's a two-way street. Yes. Right? So by the same token, when somebody asks you to talk about your collection, the next step is then to reciprocate and ask them about theirs. Talk to me about the spirit of reciprocity in the hobby, whether it's content creation, whether it's talking about collections. What do you think about this idea? I think that um, it's a great, like Josh has set the standard uh, for really paying attention and being enthusiastic about someone else's passion for the hobby. Um, I mean, no one wants to like an Instagram post if you never like theirs. Um, like, no one wants to engage with someone who only engages with them if, like, they throw out the first, like, wave or comment. I think it's really important that we keep the community standard of reciprocating engagement and passion uh, of likes of like you tell me what you're interested in i'll tell you what i'm interested in maybe we could find some common ground or maybe we just learned something new about someone else's pc and why it's important good okay the next principle mentioned is and everything that i'm going to say here is coming from the blog uh number two become a mentor to others less involved in the community a mentor to others who are less involved. In every community, there is a small, overworked group of leaders who try to figure out everything for everyone. This will not do. If you are such a leader, mentor someone with less experience. If you are not, approach someone and ask them to mentor you. End quote. Christina, let's start with you. Talk about both sides of this coin. Uh, either being somebody who's willing to mentor others and also somebody seeking mentorship oh definitely i think it's vital that like you pass on your knowledge and you help others come up uh up to your level and level up with you um it's super important to like not pull up the ladder behind you when you're climbing the uh information and knowledge treehouse okay <laughs> so, let me put you on the spot yeah Give an example when you have been each. I I know you've been each. Yeah. G can you give an example of when you've been each of those? Been the receiver of information and the provider? Yes. <laughs> you remember when we were in LA? Yes. And there was something you really wanted to do and then yes. somebody gave you a shot? Yes. 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 One of my biggest mentors in the hobby um, and uh, staunchest supporters uh, is Ty from Bullpen LA. There was one time, I think everyone kind of knows, I was obsessed with ripping wax and I thought it would be the most fun thing ever to break um, because I would then get to open product I, I didn't want to buy myself. 
And uh, after bugging Ty and Mitch about it enough, they finally <laughs> asked me if I wanted to be a guest breaker at Bullpen. And uh, they helped me, taught me like the methods, um, what was important. It's a nice example of people who uh, offered you an opportunity mm-hmm. and, and you seized it. Um, and that's great. That's one of the great things about the community. Let me throw it over to Josh now. Josh, being a mentor to others less involved in the community, how can we apply this to sports guards? Yeah, I mean, quite simply, you know, it's education, you know, educating people who are newer to the hobby than yourself. If you've been in the hobby longer than, you know, a week, you know, there's definitely someone out there that's been in it less than you because we're having new people come in all the time. So there's always room for mentorship. I was just thinking about it uh, while you guys were talking and I was focused more on the you know, being the mentor, being the one that is being mentored by someone else, because it kind of ties into the first one of, you know, listening to someone else, hearing what they have to say. And I think if you're seeking out mentorship, you're going to be doing that same thing where you're actually looking for someone to teach you something. And so you can consume what they have to say, you can listen. And I think the important word is just to listen. I think, um, you know, there's tons of tons of guys in the hobby that I've learned from and I've I've listened to over the years and I still go to them even to this day. So I think seeking that mentorship is the first step and it's very important because then you'll learn how to pass on some of that knowledge to other people. Now, sometimes in this hobby, I find myself guilty of this. Um, we think we know more than we really do. Or we think once we've reached a level of expertise in one category of cards that we've reached it in all. But you certainly, I think like myself, would advocate for the point of view that at all times a person can both be a mentor in one phase and a mentee in another phase. Can you talk about that part of this, just keeping the humility to to know what we don't know and, and where we still have space to learn no matter how big or how well-known or how how much expertise we've developed in certain segments of the hobby? The way that a community actually works its best uh, the utopian form of communities when everyone specializes on one thing and then they can they can contribute the most to that one area and then everyone else does the same and you all work together to build a community i think that holds true in sports cards you know i know a lot about lebron cards but i don't know anything about hockey cards so for me to try to mentor someone else on hockey it doesn't make any sense you know an important aspect of this is you know admitting when you don't know something and then passing it off to someone else go get help from someone who does know a lot about that topic whether that's another content creator or a friend you know that is passionate about it. Like we always pass people to Jeremy Lee when, when they need help with hockey. You know, we just, we're not gonna be able to help you because we don't know. So I think admitting that is very important as well. Spot on. Uh, principle number three, support a cause with no direct personal benefit. We are involved uh, with the thing that we care about the most, that's natural. However, the most interesting and possibly important discoveries happen in the spaces between interests and disciplines and ideologies. Step outside your natural zone. Step outside your comfort zone. It is necessary for uncovering new solutions. So once again, support a cause with no direct personal benefit. Josh, how can we apply this principle to the hobby? Supporting something that does not directly benefit us. Well, I think, you know, supporting other Instagram accounts or content creators and their new endeavors, if they're embarking on some sort of new 
realm of the hobby or the community where they want to contribute, supporting those people, you know, sharing their stories, encouraging them through DMs or, or shares, like I said, whatever the case is. I think that's very important. I think, again, the theme that I keep hearing from these is like stopping and listening to what other people are saying and trying to like step outside yourself and figure out how, you know, all of these things contribute to the greater good of the community. And once again, you're, you're looking for someone else that you feel is going to be a positive for the community and then uplifting that person or entity. Christina, what do you think about this concept? Supporting a cause that has no direct personal benefit to you. When we're on social media, in the hobby especially, it seems like much of the content that each individual account puts out is in some way directly related to that person's bottom line or self-interest. Is this possible? Can we have a hobby community where people at least give equal amounts of time to things that benefit them versus things that might not benefit them, but still are interesting topics that are worth discussing? I want to hope so. I know that social media, a big part of social media is self-promotion and like public relations, but I, I want to also... Uh, encourage others to do exactly what uh, step three is telling you. Uh, I know that Chris, you are actually a big proponent of supporting others. Uh, you started the trend of sharing others' posts on your stories, mm. and then like it started this trend throughout uh, the the community where like people then started doing it and like resharing your posts of posts and things to that nature. Um, and I think that's important. Like you want to congratulate the people who've just picked up their grail. Um, and it's a, an occasion that we all want to celebrate with that person. So don't be like, oh, this is awesome. When someone buys a PMG red and you're like, oh, I have the green. Like, no, just tell them this is awesome, period. And then like (laughs) end it. Like if you guys want to talk about like the two cards later, that's cool. But this is their moment to shine. And always remember, like, everyone gets their moment. So uh, just take a pause sometimes and just let people have their moment. All right. Uh, Number four, confront internal contradictions. (laughs) Claiming the problem is someone else's doing only conveniently absolves us from doing our part. If I drive my car and complain about traffic jams, it's necessary that I acknowledge my contribution to the traffic um that's from the blog so here's this idea confronting internal contradictions not throwing off the blame on other people um in the hobby but taking some level of ownership although i will quibble a little bit with the blog's characterization of this the amount of traffic that one car contributes to congestion is so marginal that uh, it almost really isn't a contribution at all. But I'm, I'm but, not going to quibble with it. But yes. it's easy enough if, like, two people from your neighborhood are also going in the same direction to then start a carpool, and then that's two additional cars you've gotten off the road. So I can totally see what like where they're saying this. Okay, Josh, what do you think about this idea of confronting <laughs> internal contradictions, and how can we <laughs> apply it to the hobby? This one's hard. This one's really hard to apply to the hobby. Uh, I mean, as like a content creator, I feel like I'm critical of other content creators and I should focus on the mistakes that I make as well to try to improve. Maybe some of my things that I say on the crossover are too outlandish or I make bold predictions that I shouldn't be doing and I'm criticizing others of making predictions. So 
I guess just like self-reflecting and trying to figure out how I can do better on, on my content and, and be more level-headed and reasonable in my in my takes, my content. That's a entirely reasonable point of view. One thing that happens in the hobby often is people hyping up cards of their own. And um, I, it kind of goes with the whole th- like theme of today's show and of this blog's five points of supporting others and stepping back and like quieting yourself in and your voice in certain moments and letting others shine, including not always posting your card over and over again or um, making videos that. <laughs> just hype a card that you know like you know deep down you shouldn't be doing um and it's not good for the community or the hobby in general to uh perpetrate a lie and uh therefore you really shouldn't and that's a contradiction that like you can't continue to profit if you're constantly taking money out of someone else's pocket that then they have no more money to spend wow okay but uh this point in particular is about confronting your own internal contradictions and and acknowledging that uh some of us we play our own part to some extent yeah in i didn't every like problem. that part of the, this part <laughs> i just liked the beginning part <laughs> I didn't like I didn't like the internal part of the contradiction. <laughs> just you just want to confront contradictions. I just want to confront contradictions. It's a fine line. It's a really fine line in my opinion between um you know, when I like okay, for, to, to give a great example, once upon a time I was so um uh tone deaf that it just seemed obvious and natural to me. You go on Instagram, you post your cards, you talk about how great they are, you talk about how rare they are, you talk about how cheap you got them for, and uh, <laughs> just expect everybody else to share your content. And then it, after a while, you start to see, you know, does this what I look like when I do this? I don't like how this comes off. It just, it doesn't, it's not the right tone. And, uh, and then eventually, you know, I kind of came around to the point of view of like, there's a balance. You share your stuff, you you talk about why you like it. But, you know, then you let it ride and and you you try to encourage and get behind other people's point of view uh, as well as your own. Um, so it's a balance. You know, how much is appropriate? How much isn't? It's, it's like the cliche that uh, be the change that you want to see in the world. So instead of pointing the blame at everybody else, fix yourself first in hopes of everybody will continue that message and well then said. make everything better. Well, well said. said. What, what do you think about this one, Josh? Is can uh, can you put a bow on this one for us? Because this one's gone all over the place. <laughs> oh, I mean, my bow this this episode was listening, and you uh, you're making me come back with a second thing, second bow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is hard. I mean, I I think the high road here is to not tell people and give advice on this topic and just let people reflect on all, everything we've said and, and, you know, think quietly to yourself. I honestly, like me sitting here telling you how to do all this stuff is like the opposite of what should be happening here. And it should just be you thinking about it and reflecting. That's my bow. Exactly. There you go. Good. And finally, point number five from the blog, resist the temptation to choose between 
the ideal and the reality. Hold them both in your awareness. Learn to enjoy the creativity and humor that this tension offers. Another way to phrase this is don't make the perfect the enemy of the good. Um, things are never going to be perfect, but uh, if they're good, you know, we should at least acknowledge that much. So again, the principle is resist the temptation to choose between the ideal and the reality. And Josh, what do you think? How does this apply to adding value to the sports card hobby? This one is definitely the biggest struggle of the five for me because I, I'm, you know, I'm kind of a perfectionist. I like things neat and organized. And when I hear someone say something that is wrong, I just can't leave it on the floor. And I, so this, to me, that's what this means is like, someone says something that they're passionate about, they have a belief in it. And then, you know, you shouldn't just like jump down that person's throat, which I'm guilty of this all the time. Just go look at my comments on other people's posts where I'm just saying it's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, just dramatic things like that. I, I need to be better about this part for sure. And I think, uh, I think it's like trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes of why they said that thing or what content they're trying to create and why they might be doing it first before, uh, jumping to conclusions and then you know having a dialogue back and forth i'm not i'm not sure what else i could take from this in the hobby specifically that's great i think uh christina what do you think about resisting this this forced choice between perfection and reality i wouldn't know anything about that because my reality is perfection wow <laughs> christina she's just on a roll today <laughs> okay must be nice. <laughs> Christina's conclusion is to talk more. Everybody else is the problem. It's the exact opposite. <laughs> I, don't know, I guess one takeaway from this is that uh, adding value to a community is pretty tough. Um, and, uh, and, and it also, do, like Josh mentioned, the concept of a utopia earlier. And, and a utopia really requires everybody to be doing their part. If, if there's only 10 people out there practicing these principles and everybody else is just free riding off of their efforts, um, that's not going to last very long and it's not going to work as desired. So there's, there is a, there, the community, the community aspect of this is an important part of it. And maybe dovetailing with that last point, there is something utopian about all of this too. So even if we can't do all of these things, but maybe we just think a little bit differently, we learn to um, understand that uh, listening and learning about somebody else's collection can be as enriching as telling somebody about yours, uh, mentoring, and being willing to be mentored when it's appropriate, supporting things that don't directly benefit you um, because there actually might be latent benefits to you that, that come from it um, is pretty, these are, these are tall orders. I think what you want to do moving forward, if you take anything away from this episode is in all seriousness, what you want to do is stop before anything you do say or type and think, am I going to be adding value with this? Where's the fun in that? <laughs> so, <laughs> just forget this entire show. <laughs> See you next time on SCC. <laughs> what do you think, Josh? Can we take the, how can we take this one home? I think you summed it up pretty well, Chris, but I, there's one other point that I thought of, uh, and you you mentioned it in that last number five about uh, trying to find the humor 
in that, you know, in the differences between the two. And I think, you know, we always fall back on like having fun. And if you can't like laugh at yourself and laugh at the imperfection of everything of, you know, not everyone agreeing with you and someone saying something ridiculous or uh, making picks or whatever the case is, if you can't laugh at some of those things, I think it's going to be a really long road ahead for you. Uh, you're going to be miserable in the hobby. So try to try to find some of the humor in those uh, interesting differences. Good. Okay. Uh, going to be a long road to adding value to this hobby community, but uh, there, there's some ideas. Let's from, carpool there together. <laughs> from the from the oh, nice. <laughs> from the West Virginia Community <laughs> Development Hub to the hobby that we all know and love. This has been episode 22. See you guys next week. Thanks for watching. Tell us in the comment section below what the crew should cover next week. And don't forget to subscribe. See you next time in SCC. Sports, cards, culture.